Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. Health disparities stemming from social, economic, and environmental factors have become a growing target in healthcare, with payers, providers, and policymakers turning their attention on how to address these non-medical factors that can impact an individual's overall health and health outcomes outside of the medical setting. For instance, Insure Humana has the Bold Goal Initiative. In March 2018, Humana released a progress report that showed improvements in the CDC's Healthy Days measure in four of the cities participating in the initiative. Humana has focused on interventions around social determinants of health, like food insecurity, loneliness, and social isolation. The health plan calculated that one unhealthy day costs $15.64 per person in medical costs. From 2015 to 2017, Baton Rouge saw a 4.1% improvement in healthy days, New Orleans saw a 3.9% improvement, San Antonio saw a 3.5% improvement, and Knoxville saw a 5.4% improvement. The idea is connecting healthcare providers with community resources to help address social determinants of health by directing patients to the appropriate resources, whether it be housing, food banks, or transportation, to help them maintain their health and prevent health events that land them in the hospital or cause them to get sicker. Dr. Clifford Goodman, Senior Director at the Lewin Group, outlines the importance of social determinants of health and why healthcare entities should be involved with addressing them in order to manage population health. With regard to social determinants of healthcare uh, and outcomes in particular, it's about time we're realizing how important they are. I've seen credible estimates saying that social determinants of healthcare outcomes account for perhaps anywhere from 40 to 60% of differences in outcomes. This is not an inconsequential amount. And so if we are really truly serious about being outcomes oriented in healthcare, we can't come near accomplishing what we'd like to accomplish without direct intervention with regard to those social determinants. Also, we're finding out, and to somewhat our chagrin, that the social determinants are many and they are diverse. We've got to deal with housing and education and food insecurity and domestic abuse and on and on and on, lead in the paint, lead in the water. And so we're just going to have a ceiling effect. If we don't address these social determinants of health, there's just so much we can accomplish. There's not enough headroom uh, to accomplish what we need until we address social determinants of health. The American College of Physicians recently released its own set of nine recommendations to better address social determinants of health. Among these were integrating underlying individual, community, and systemic issues related to health inequities into medical education, increased efforts to evaluate and implement public policy interventions that reduce socioeconomic inequalities that have a negative impact on health, and increased screening and collecting of social determinants of health data to aid in health impact assessments and support evidence-driven decision-making. So this can be a topic that can seem really daunting to clinicians, to communities, um, and clearly it's a challenge that we have to rise to. Um, but the, the, I think the fantastic news is that there are clearly both communities and delivery systems that are working hard in the area and actually making progress. That was Dr. Shantanu Agarwal, 
the president and CEO of the National Quality Forum. Previously, he was the deputy administrator for CMS and director of the Center for Program Integrity. Although addressing social determinants of health can seem overwhelming, the good news, Agarwal said, is that there has been actual progress. So if you look across the country, you can see delivery systems, you know, working on transportation insecurity, working on primary care deserts, on food insecurity, you know, trying to remedy those things um, directly for citizens, for patients, um, by partnering with their local communities and governments. Um, There's actually quite a bit of that activity. Getting involved in social determinants of health isn't an activity to be taken lightly. A health system that wants to delve into this arena needs to prioritize it and make it a goal for everyone in the organization, he said. And choosing two or three areas of the greatest need for a population will end up being more successful than trying to address everything all at once. So I think if if a health system is really thinking about getting into this area, I think first and foremost, prioritize it and make that transparent within the health system. I think this is a conversation about values and priorities that health systems should be having, that they need to have. Um, I think once it's clear that that's a goal, and hopefully it is for everybody, um, then it's really about reaching out to communities and thinking through the diversity of stakeholders that will be needed to address, you know, disparities of interest. So, you know, like with most things in healthcare, you can't take a boil the ocean approach. You've really got to think through the one, two, or three areas of greatest need for your population. And again, that might be food insecurity, it might be home uh, homelessness or housing insecurity. But I think prioritizing upfront working with the relevant community stakeholders um, uh, to, you know, to what the focus areas will be, will be, uh, is really critical. And then it's harnessing all of the available resources to actually make progress. Um, you know, I think one of the both challenges but also uh, kind of building blocks of this kind of approach is that a lot of our social programs are highly fragmented from each other. I think even the act of bringing community leaders together with the healthcare system leadership and, uh, you know, pooling those resources, that can have a really positive impact in and of itself. Um, And we've seen, you know, as we look across the country to communities and delivery systems that are doing this work, we've seen just by making this a priority, by working with the community, by surfacing good ideas and then pooling resources, we've literally seen that have tremendous impact on patients. So it is um, imminently doable. It just has to be a value that, uh, that, you know, the communities and delivery systems are clearly focused on and want to see improvement on. The challenge now is figuring out how to actually go about implementing changes to identify and address social determinants of health. Dr. Rachel Gold of the Kaiser Permanente Center for Health Research explains that while there is a lot of attention being paid to social determinants of health, it's still a very new field. Well, the biggest challenge is that there's no evidence right now in the, no, no one has studied um, or effectively proven which which social determinants are the most important to screen for which patients to affect which, which outcomes, right? We know that social determinants broadly affect health. Mostly it's driven by poverty. Um, we can't necessarily intervene with poverty, so we intervene, We try to intervene around housing, you know, the, the, the way that the poverty manifests in, in, in more pragmatic ways, I guess. So how do we intervene with housing or food insecurity or transportation needs, childcare needs? But figuring out, you know, which patients need to be screened, I mean, I mean in the community health center setting, when we screen social de- patients for social determinants needs, they all tested positive. They all screened positive, right? It's 99% reported one, some kind of a social need. So that's, that's important to understand. I, I think it's probably useful to screen 
most patients, you know, to, to at least get some kind of a baseline and establish, but, but we really don't have very good evidence right now on, again, which patients need to be screened for which social determinant, and because we know that there's evidence that that'll lead to some kind of an improved outcome. So that, I think that's the biggest challenge right now is, is we're trying to figure out who to screen for what, and we, we don't have evidence to, to, to support that decision making. Um, there's a lot of interest in looking at community level social determinants. Do those, you know, how do those have effect on health? Um, and that's, you know, same, same idea. Could we use some information about a patient's community to identify which patients should have the screening for their personal needs or not? That, that might work. But again, there's, there hasn't been uh, enough patient-reported social needs documented in, in, a, in, a, in, in data sets that we, can, that we can work with to, you know, do the analyses to figure out um, what's effective. So that's partly why my interest has been, can we first figure out just how do we document this data? Let's just get this, in, let's start collecting this data on patients. But what we're doing right now, because we're not sure, we're, we're casting a broad net right now. But I'm really hoping we're going to be able to, as a, as a scientific community and public health community, narrow down into, onto like, what are those factors that really are the most important. The good news is health technology can help. Many of the large electronic health record vendors are figuring out how to document social determinants of health, said Gold. Getting patient-reported social determinants of health data into the health record and linking them to health outcomes will enable researchers and providers to best figure out who to screen and for what. Now, I know very well, and then it's very clear in the literature, that just because you put something in the EHR, a tool in the EHR, does not mean it gets used, um, and does not mean it gets used effectively. So then there's a huge uh, amount of, 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 of that we need to understand better about the, the, the workflow um, challenges. Like, how do you implement this? So it's one thing to have in the EHR, but do you have a, a, the, the staffing involved to do the screening appropriately? Do you have a, a staffing involved to make referrals? On, you know, do you have a caseworker on, on hand? Do you need them to be there all the time? You know, there's staffing issues, there's workflow issues, or data entry timing. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of barriers to using that technology effectively, or I'd say knowledge gaps. Perhaps we just we've got, we've got a lot to learn about how to do that. But I do feel like there's a positive movement forward in terms of EHR providers starting to uh, create space, at least in the EHR, for documenting social determinants. And I'd say in terms of helping to address that, there's there's this gap in terms of. You know, how do we make sure that then, if you find identify a patient with a given social need, that the that within the EHR there's a way to identify local resources that are appropriate for that patient that they're near their house or you know or, or you know the the, the, the uh, for example like if some housing um, agencies you know are, won't take people who are under a certain age or won't take men or won't take people with a with a criminal history or something along those lines. So you have to make sure that the resources are appropriate to a given patient before you refer. You don't want to send someone to a resource that they can't actually use. Um, and then this, the biggest gap is this closing the loop. How do, if, you, if you've got a, you know, a community, um, if you've got a healthcare provider, they're referring a patient to the food bank. Um, can they find out that the patient actually made it there? That they that they access the resources? Can the can the you know and, and can the food bank know that that, that, that patient's there because their medical provider sent them? I, I think that that's a that's a real gap. Both how do we how do we make sure that there are appropriate up to date community lists you know available that you could access quickly again through the EHR? And how do you make how do you close the loop so that the care team knows that the patient accessed the services that they were sent to? Right? Because otherwise you'll have a care team referring a patient again for example to a food bank and. And then saying, 
Okay, well, we took care of that. But actually, the patient didn't make it to the food bank because they maybe have a transportation barrier. And they didn't take that on you know, for some reason. So they'll, they'll, they might look at the EHR and say, oh, well, I refer this patient for food, you know, to address their food needs. But you don't know that they actually made it to that, to that resource unless we had a way to close that loop. And, and I don't have an answer for that yet. I know there are some agencies, you know, some, some um, entities out there trying to solve that problem. Um, but we don't have anything that's being applied you know, nationally. It's kind of a couple different experiments going on around the country. The next steps are researching programs, documenting the outcomes, and sharing that information across the country so there is evidence. One of the things that there needs to be more evidence on are the best practices of getting patients into local resources once a physician identifies that they have social needs. The one thing that I think is really important that we found in some of our, in our uh, earlier study is that um, when you're screening patients for social needs, it's important to ask them if they want you to intervene, the clinic, to, if, you, if they want intervention from the, from the care team. And that's a really important distinction, right? We found that only about 20% of the patients who had a you know, a, a positive screen for social need actually wanted the clinic to, to intervene in some way. So I, I would strongly recommend that, that that be considered best practice. Like, don't just screen and then assume the patient wants some kind of intervention. Ask them if they want an intervention, right? That's it's going to make a big difference for the for the healthcare team's um, burden, the work burden, and the, the workflows involved. Um, and then you know, you don't want patients getting calls from the clinic that they don't want. You know what I mean? Like, someone might say, "Yeah, I'm housing insecure, but you know, I'm sleeping on my sister's couch, and I, I'm good. I don't I don't need you to I don't need you to intervene. I'm, I've got it covered." Um, so that's, I think that's a practice that we, we need, I, that we really should be thinking about is, again, it's, you know, it's one thing to screen, but it's another to, to take action. You need to ask the patient what their preference is. And I think the other answer to your question is we are trying to figure out what the best practices are. And we haven't had, um, again, we haven't had enough patient-reported um, data in, in searchable forms that we've been able to do the analyses to say, look, this thing looks like it works and this thing doesn't. We have evidence to show. Right, right now what everyone is doing is just kind of trying stuff out and seeing what sticks. But that's okay, but it's not, it's not what we need for the long term. We need to have data on patient report. We need to be looking at patient-reported social needs in conjunction with community-level uh, social factors, and, and we need to be looking at which kinds of patients, you know, is it pediatric, is it diabetes, you know, perinatal, like which patients need what screening and what intervention to have some kind of outcome, you know, some kind of benefit to their, to their health or to reducing utilization costs, et cetera. But you, but you can't, we can't do any of that until we do I, these analyses to figure out what the data shows. And, and we haven't been able to do that because we haven't had the data. So I'm, I'm hoping in the next few years that that's, that that's going to change. This field is changing rapidly. At the spring meeting of the American Journal of Managed Care's Accountable Care Delivery Congress, Gold sat on a panel with Karen Van Zant of CareSource and Carter Wilson of the Camden Coalition of Healthcare Providers. All three urged anyone currently doing work in the area of social determinants of health to publish the results of their pilots. Agarwal echoed that sentiment. Despite all the activity, we are really bad at disseminating that information and knowing what each other's doing. I think a basic um, uh, activity that we might all engage in is sharing this information, sharing what best practices are, what scientifically rigorous practices are on dealing with health inequities um, so that we are all kind of uh, driving towards the same goal together. Um, but there's a lot of great work to build on, which still remains the very happy and optimistic news. To learn more, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes for related articles.